You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back Dunkers and NBA fans to the SLC Punks podcast. My name is James Hansen, Hansen James on Twitter, and this is... Milo, uh, Milo on Twitter. Awesome, and and we just finished watching the Nike event. It uh, probably didn't go as well as they want. I was watching on NBA TV, and they started it, and then the interview cut off, and then they went back to some Kobe documentary, and then... It just kind of started randomly. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> luckily, I recorded it on my DVR and was able to go back and watch it. But, but I have to say, Nike puts on quite the event. I, me, and Michael both work in marketing. Uh, Wyden and Kennedy. I don't know if it was Wyden and Kennedy that ran that event, but it was pretty cool. It oh. had some, it had some awkward moments a little bit, like when Blake Griffin walked out, kind of robotic, and I did kind of wonder a little bit if it was really him. Um, but it was, but they revealed the new jazz Jersey that we all kind of already knew about, but we got to see it actually on our players. And so I personally have been in the minority. I have actually kind of liked it. I know that the color has not been something that everyone's excited about. I know like we've seen those kind of grainy screenshots and, and little clips from, leaked footage from nba 2k that i think released today but i don't know i think they look pretty good i was i was kind of excited about it yeah i'm they look a lot better i will uh, i was not big on on the jerseys um if you've been following the slc dunk uh, twitter account that's me and that uh that negativity was also me so (laughs) i i didn't I mean, the leaks looked really bad, like almost comically bad. Uh, we we said it, uh, Chris uh, Chris said it, our past editor. That they they looked like junior jazz jerseys. Um, we 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 said like the the yellow almost looked like a a dark pea yellow. Um, uh, it's and and then. I, I will say I did uh, on one of when they first leaked and, and the post I wrote, I did say, hopefully the texture of the jerseys looks a lot better and it looks a lot better under the lights. And mm. luckily it does. The textures uh, and with the fabric that they're using look a lot better and it looks really great under the lights. Um, so it, it looks better. I still think the blue and the green don't have enough contrast to stand out from each other. So that mm. that frustrates me. Um, I wish, I, like, 
what I think would have been sweet is if the number was white and and the and you still had the regular um the regular blue on there and then just had the green and the striping and that's all you had had on the green. One thing I was thinking about that I really like too is uh, there's going to be some people that like the yellow. It's just going to kind of look cool. Uh actually two things. It's going to be cool to see kind of the blue jerseys in the stands and then have some of those yellow jerseys kind of sprinkled throughout. That's going to just kind of look pretty cool, especially with the blue seats in the stadium. It's going to be a nice kind of look when you have that home crowd. It's also, it might be, and this could be, I don't know if the Jazz are listening, uh, please let us know. But the yellow jersey might be one giant troll for when we play the Lakers and all the Laker fans come. And the Jazz can wear their yellow jerseys, and so it looks like the Laker fans are actually cheering for the Jazz. Yeah, <laughs> so that it is that's something it's a that great I hope troll they... job. It is a fantastic troll job that they could do. So, <laughs> or, 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 or right. what you could do is not wear your yellow jerseys on that night, but just have a gold out, but still wear your blue. <laughs> I'm confused, but that sounds pretty good. Because here's the thing: the whole stadium is yellow. Jazz are in blue, Lakers are in gold. So it, it it's like a reverse troll. It just looks weird. <laughs> I wonder if anyone in a marketing meeting has just thought, like, how do we troll them? Like, it, yeah. Um, so the jerseys look a lot better um, than anticipated. Rodney Hood was the one who the Jazz um, had out there. So this and was, Donovan. And, well, and, you're right at the beginning. Yes. Um, and this this is what I find so hilarious. So each team has a different a different representative. So the Jazz said Rodney Hood, and there's some big names here. You got Michael Conley, Julius Randle, Blake Griffin. You have Miles Turner, Kevin Durant, uh, Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns. Like <laughs> you, you have big names, big names. And then for for the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks, who you could send Dennis Smith. You could send Harrison Barnes. They chose JJ Barea. JJ Barea of all players. Like <laughs> and they put him in the center of the stage. <laughs> yeah, this is the funny thing. If you look at this picture, if you look at this picture, go to if you go to at NBA and you look at this picture. So you got all the so you have this uh, all the jerseys above them, which looks great. Like it's fantastic marketing. You have all the jerseys of every team standing above these guys. One thing that Nike gets is like Nike, Apple, like they just know how to make something that is just the same as everybody else seem like it's just on another plane. Their marketing is fantastic. So it looks great. And then you have all these players on two rows. And then there's like JJ Barea, who is dead center on the 50 yard line of this, (laughs) where where they were making like, I I call them choir windows. (laughs) But. But they got they got JJ Barea, who is not like just easily fits in between one of these windows because he's just so itty bitty, and it it just looks like from a distance you can't tell it's JJ Barea. It just looks like dude they pulled off the street and needed to wear a Dallas jersey because like Harrison Barnes' flight got canceled or it got well, delayed. And apparently the Celtics couldn't send uh, Hayward or or um, Kyrie Irving or Horford. They, I guess, it looks like Shane Larkin, but I'm not sure if it's Shane Larkin. I don't know who they said. It's definitely not Tatum. It's definitely not Brown. 
did they show up and they're just like, uh, we didn't get the memo. We actually had to bring a player. So Shane Larkin, here's your 10 day. Yeah. Here's yeah, a 10 day contract. Shane like, Larkin. Oh to be. man. We totally, ah, geez. Uh, <laughs> like, we got to find somebody who, who can ball. We got to <laughs> find someone who can ball. Like we gotta, we gotta find somebody. Well, you know, they've got all those assets. How, do you think they tried to trade for JJ Berea? Like, like they were like, can we make? We'll a give swap you two seconds. Quick? We don't got anybody. <laughs> yeah, like all of a sudden, Danny Ainge is like in a bind, and he's just like, man, I wasn't willing to let go of you know that Lakers pick, but man, I'm desperate times call for desperate measures. Let's let's <laughs> let's trade this off. So, if we're gonna talk about it, like well, let's talk about the winners and the losers. So, I, I, I'm what's so each name. It, your your three top jerseys. So okay. what, let's start with our first. I'll start with my first. You you go with your first. Sound good, James? You bet. Okay, cool. Okay, so best looking jersey out of these out of these alternates. My favorite, and it pains me to say this, the Golden State Warriors jersey is just so nice. It's very cool. It is. Is it? Oh, go ahead. It, it is good. Like I love how they use the Oakland symbol. I, I, um, you, you'll see that if you're entering Oakland in some places, um, that mm-hmm. tree, um, and then they Nike-ized it and it looks nice. I like how they have the town. So I, I love the gray. I think it just is a really good Jersey. And oh, yeah. I, I think their, their, uh, statement Jersey just shows that it pays to be a Nike athlete because they will take so such good care of your team. They just make you look good. Yeah, they do. They just make you look really good. So that that's my number one. Uh, I will say it does look – it reminds me of Lord of the Rings, which is not a bad thing. Like the Tree of Lothlorien or something, oh, yeah, I okay, guess. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I see you. I see you. Okay, yeah. I, I don't mind it. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I really like Minnesota's green. It's like – Neon green. I mean, me personally, I would love to see the Jazz have something out there, which is why I'm happy they went with the yellow. Uh, but but Minnesota's green jersey just – I mean, when you look at that picture, your eye is just drawn to it. It's sharp. I kind of like the – I just like the modern-y look of it with just the Minnesota because I've never really felt like the Minnesota Timberwolves have gotten their logo quite right. And so just going with the name looks pretty good to me. Uh I, for example, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of like the Seattle Seahawks uniform, and I, I just like neon green. So, just a fan of that jersey. I think it's cool. Yeah, I would say that's my second favorite. My second favorite out of all of them, and it's close too. Like, uh, I don't want to spoil my third, but my third, it, it's a tight race in between my second and my third because, um, that like the the Timberwolves, uh. Uni, I just I, I like it because it's just so different. That's also why I like Golden States. It just stands out. It just looks unique. It's it doesn't look like every anybody else's uniform on any given night. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what what, what I what kind of is hard about the Jazz's gold uniforms is there's a lot of yellow uniforms out there. Lakers have them. Now the Pacers have them. Nuggets have them. Uh, there's there's just a, a and then Atlanta has this you know their weird kind of neon yellow ish and then go, Cleveland had their yellow last year so a lot of gold those lime green you're there is not another jersey in the NBA that looks like that 
Oh, yeah. And when they're on TV, you'll see it. Like literally you'll be flipping channels and that green will pop and you'll, you might stay on the channel and watch them. It's right. Just, just, just clean. Yep. Okay. What's your third? Uh, my third. Oh, no. Did, uh, you, did you say your second? I haven't done a second yet. Okay. What's your second? So my first is probably Minnesota. My second, I really, I hate to say it, but you're right. Golden State really has a slick jersey. I mean, one of the things that I've liked about, it does seem like half of the jerseys went with something kind of new and different, or maybe a third of them. And then the other two thirds just kind of did the same thing with maybe a slight uh, change, I guess. But the gray with that logo in the middle um, for Golden State does look good. As much as I hate the Warriors, I really truly hate them. It looks good. It yeah, really it, does. It's a good looking jersey. So my third has to be the Sixers. It's pretty good. The Sixers, and this is hard too because I think Charlotte's purple. Like it makes me wish that we had purple. And then you, the Nuggets, the Nuggets gold jersey with the with the the old school kind of uh, you know cityscape. That's nice. Mm-hmm. But man, the Sixers jerseys with the with the cursive. It's it's fun. It's it, yeah, and and it has that nice like. Um, uh, shadow on there too with the with the blue shadowing on there it just uh, it's it, it has a nice it's a classic looking jersey without being a classic jersey it's it's good it's good i like it um my next one uh it's hard because i actually i mean i know jazz fans i don't know if the jazz have a top three for me but i do it's hard for me not to pick them just because of the jazz but i you mentioned the one i also like i like the nuggets i think that yellow is just like bright and fun i i personally just want more color like i i i don't like white jerseys i just think it's just so plain i don't know why we even do white jerseys sometimes because it's just like it's just what we've done for a hundred years well okay but like anything that has just like some color some pop uh, that's why I've always kind of liked Atlanta's new look here and there when they have like the kind of the neon trim of things and stuff. I just I like that stuff. I think it's fun. I lo- that's the thing is the other winner for tonight is just the NBA fans too is because they ha- Nike's doing cool things. Like I know it's going to be really expensive, but that app connecting to your jersey somehow that's cool. Like yeah, I was that's, watching that's it. way cool. That is, that is really, really top notch marketing and, and, and providing some value. Oh yeah. And my, my eight year old daughter was watching and she's like, I've got to get a Rudy Gobert Jersey. Like, it's like, holy smokes. I've never heard her say that. Well, <laughs> she and, said and she cool wanted to wear it like, to school. I want, I want to, I want to get a, like, I want to get a Rudy Gobert Jersey so I can listen to Rudy Gobert's playlist. Like that, like that's a good, that's, that's a, I didn't even know that, but that's rocking. Yeah, yeah. Evidently, like it'll play, it'll have, it'll have like information about the player, the team. It updates throughout the season based on the player that you have. Oh yeah, it looked like there's some sort of I don't know if you like level up or gain experience or something, but it looked like you just like the more you tap into it or whatever it's called, like you get bonuses or upgrades like it's just like cool like it makes me want to put the jersey on which is probably what they want you to do is wear it i i will say uh, even though it's not top three 
one jersey that was like, wow, that looks a uh, that's really good for that team. Oklahoma City's. Oklahoma it's, City's jersey is instantly their best jersey they've ever had. And it it's their it's it's their statement jersey. I know. They've gone through like twenty four different jerseys, but maybe they've got it on the twenty fifth now. <laughs> I am surprised. I my prediction with OKC is within the next two to two years. I'm going to say two that they go through a full rebrand with Nike. I hope they do because their their uniform their their logo is so bad. Well, and it it does nothing. It like doesn't call to what they are at all. Like they're supposed to be a herd of buffaloes. That's the idea is that like the buffalo herd like creates this thunderous. Thunder. Yeah, it creates the thunder. Like at least like I mean you have the the thunder of the plains from the buffalo herd. You have you could even maybe abstractly with storms and and, yeah, and like, thunderstorms and things like that where you have in Oklahoma City. I I lived in Oklahoma for 2 years. So I I maybe you could abstract that with storms and twisters We'll and have like things. tornadoes and stuff. Just do something that but they just chose to not connect it to anything. Oh, it's just so bad. It's just such a bad, bad, bad logo. I They could go crazy. What if they have just like tornado, just like, you know how our logo for the, I don't know, just little tornadoes all over the jersey for their fourth one? For their fourth <laughs> one? It's like, I mean, Utah's basically going like, you know, you know the great, the, the, the Arches National, National Park. Uh, so if you go with OKC and it's uh, and and it's like Twister, like it's, <laughs> it's the movie fun. the movie Twister themed. By the way, <laughs> yeah. I have been to the uh, the twi- uh, Twister um, museum. Uh huh. Um, horribly overrated. I had a Twister drop down a half a mile in front of me in Nebraska. I tell you what, there is not a more surreal moment in your life than having a literal tornado drop down oh, right in front of tornadoes you. Tornadoes are so freaking scary. I've, I've, I, I got no patience for them. I, oh like, yeah, and it just—it seems like a waste because the tornado you could kind of do some fun things with marketing with Russell Westbrook, how he just like kind of yeah, swerves do, through you the can lane. Do so much. Okay, speak. So speaking of awful jerseys, let's go with. Who are like your the three that you were like? Eh. Well, my first choice is got to be the Spurs because they literally didn't do anything. I mean, and they still kept those practice jerseys. I they look like they look like their summer league uniform. Oh, I hate them. They're terrible. I mean, you you could compare it to ours a little bit, where you've kind of got the logo and the number right in the chest, but it's like. The the logo is just kind of on the side, and then the numbers on their right breast, I guess. And but it's just that plain gray. It's like it's a bad jersey. There's nothing interesting about it. There's nothing about it that pops. There's nothing about it that calls to like the history of the team. Like someone on Twitter mentioned something to me that was interesting. Like they have that Fiesta logo from 15 years ago. They could have done something with that. Like there's so many things they could have done, and they just they mailed it in, and so oh, I don't know. This is bad. I would say my uh, the first worst is going to be the Clippers. Yeah, like it's like just bad. I 
like they did a rebrand so fast just to get themselves away from the Donald Sterling controversy. But mm-hmm. man, they're another team that I would be really surprised if if Nike doesn't come in, especially because they got Blake. Uh, I would be really surprised if they didn't come in and and just try to try to do a rebrand with them. But yeah, Clippers jersey, it's bland. It has a terrible clip art logo on there. Oh, it's the worst logo in the NBA. It's just it's just just bad. So well, and on top of that, it's just such a shame they have such a cool name and theme that they could go with, like ships, ocean. Mm-hmm. You could do things with sails. Just there's so it's, many things it, you could do. It's so crazy when they were. When people heard that they were working on a new logo, everyone's like, oh, thank goodness. They're going to get away from basically the copycat Lakers logo. This is going to be so good for them. Good for the Clippers. And then they came out with that and they're like, wow. You act like it's we we jokingly say in marketing that it could always get worse. Like if if you're changing things and it's bad, you just got to always remember that you could make it worse. And they mm-hmm. made it worse, like significantly oh, it's, worse. It's not modern. It's not techy. It's not anything. It's just bad. Yeah, it's just, just. Um, and then, and then when they released it, they had their marketing where they're like, the sea, the the blue around the sea reminds you of the court. And you're like, whatever. Like, stop, stop trying to make make things up now. <laughs> yeah. Like oh. I mean, basically their whole like marketing presentation of their logo like read like somebody who like slept in and then had to present like five minutes before, and they're like, "Yeah, the uh, the blue is representative of of God." <laughs> it's like the water, yeah, and the sea it is reminds me of like it reminds like really it's me, it's really <laughs> me on uh, uh, on a logo and us. <laughs> Us together, and the red is representative of America. Yeah, it's just, so it's stop just, making fun of it. It's just so bad. Okay, so my next, my next bad one, and it's kind of somewhat similar to the Clippers, but I, I just, I look at the Kings, and they just didn't do anything. Uh, and I, here's one thing. So people say, I want a black jersey. I want a black jersey. You better have a reason for having a black jersey. You better like. As you watch so- puts it black for black sake and and I oh man I'm so uh, I hope the Jazz never have another black jersey like they did with the copper. I, d- I just don't want to see a black jersey period. I just don't think it's lazy. It's it just really kind of lazy. Well, it's like so, you know, it's like if you're writing a story or something, it's like it's like an advertising when you put like a sex ad or like you remember the Carl's Jr. stuff with just the ladies in bikinis. That's lazy it's kind of like cheating it's like i know this will get some thumbs up from a lot of people because people tend to like black jerseys i don't always know why but it's just like either like and and maybe it's younger i see it with a lot of younger folks they're like oh my gosh they went with like black jerseys like like if your team goes like uh goes with the black jersey and it's not part of their color set like for example, the 49ers, they, they had iconic jerseys and they brought in like their black ones and they looked terrible. That's how I feel with like teams that it's not in their color set and mm-hmm. they bring those in. I will say though, the teams that do have black is not one of their main colors and they bring it in. I will say Houston's black jersey is is not a bad looking jersey. 
Yeah, and and people have ragged on the Cleveland one. I actually don't mind the Cleveland one. I think it's okay. It's not great. I'm not what I. I'm not sure what I think about the Phoenix black ones. Like I, I really, I, man, they don't. Mm. Phoenix needs to go back to their classic sun ball logo with the and just go kind of like the Jazz did, where it's like you know what we screwed it up. Let's go back to the classic that looked good. We we the we, one that we had a really good thing like. Like sometimes you just want change for change's sake, and and then you, you, it's okay to admit, you know what? That was bad. It's it's not good, guys. The last time we had a black jersey, it was our worst jersey ever. It was the black with copper. Oh, off tones, just just so bad. And if so, you think, I don't know, it's just it's playing with fire a little bit. Yeah, my my, my next bad bad jersey is um is going to be. The Miami jerseys. Yes, I, I absolutely hate that red. Like it's it just a... doesn't stand out. It it, it. I've never liked that red that they've had, and and it just it, it looks like all their past jerseys that they've had. It just looks the same. Maybe you're a Miami fan. You notice like it's like minor tweaks to it, but it just looks the same. It is. Yeah. It just looks the same and. And one of the teams that I hoped would kind of update their look with with Nike was Miami because Miami the, the first Miami jerseys were clean. They actually had really good jerseys when they first entered the league. Those were really good jerseys, mm-hmm. and they've just gone away with it with that boring. They had re- that bright red when they first came in, and then they went to this weird subdued red, which doesn't stand out on a court. So. Yeah, it's it's not great and it's not it's just not fun. There's nothing about it that's interesting or fun. It's just kind of taking a color that usually stands out and making it less interesting. Yeah, just blah. Okay, what's the next one? The next one has got to be the Knicks for me. It's like Another all right guys, let's jersey. let's make a statement and let's do it off white. That will that will blow me like <laughs> Come on, our home jersey's white. Your statement jersey is off white. Yeah, it's just, it's just boring. It's not. I mean, I like seeing Frank Nilikina in it. I just like Frank Nilikina, but that jersey just is not interesting at all. It's off. I mean, I, I, it's terrible. You just created kind of an alternate version of your home white. Yeah, I, my, my so my last and final uh, jersey is the Dallas jersey. I've hated those jerseys since they released them. They didn't change them. It's like the Dallas that has the 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 the, the cityscape, but the cityscape mm-hmm. isn't stylized or anything. It just looks like you took the city. Oh, is that it, city? Yeah, I thought it was clouds. <laughs> oh, okay. No, it's there. It's 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 the skyline. But I've hated those because uh-huh. okay, so. First, it's like the skyline, and then they just slap Dallas o- over it, and then it has the blue that goes over. Ah, I just, mm, mm. and I think that jersey was the one where they had like a designer win a contest, and then they they, they and and they like voted on them, and it just. You got to be careful with that because you never know who's going to win. You know what the thing about the Dallas jersey too is? It's kind of like. What Miami did to the red is what they've done to the blue. They've taken a color that should stand out and they've muted it. It's like, yeah, it 
it's, it's just, not. And and it was close for me. Like the Detroit uh, Pistons jerseys with the gray. Mm-hmm. Just it, uh, they they don't look good. Yeah, it's you've got to have color on these. I'm like, sorry. I don't know why they didn't go with like the red, like the like that uh, Chauncey Billups uh, red jersey era one. Those were those were clean. So or, yeah, or do something to rep. Well, like, maybe they'll do it with the community jersey, which might be cool. But just do something that represents Detroit. Something that represents like because they're the Pistons. Something with a car. I don't know. Yeah. Just do something interesting. I don't know. I agree. I completely agree. But so far, I'm I'm actually I know that a lot of jazz fans weren't excited about the the jazz yellow, but after seeing it on Donovan and basically anything that Donovan does makes things better and look nice. Uh, I know a lot of jazz fans on Twitter were a lot more excited about it. It did look good, and I I think one thing that helps these jerseys is that Nike has a jersey that just really fits the players really well. Like they just they just make them look fitter. They make them look, you know, muscular guys are going to look more muscular. Skinny guys are going to look maybe a little bit fitter. I don't know. They just hug the body well. They just look good. So no, even re- if you really don't have good. a great jersey, you'll look good. Yeah. I mean, the most important thing with Nike is there's no more sleeve jerseys. That's, yeah. that's, that's just fantastic. Good riddance. It's That was like – so Nike's coming out with cool innovations that kind of connect you to your player and if you're the apps – Adidas, I guess, wants to put sleeves on it. That was their innovation. <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, we, we could put sleeves on it. <laughs> that everyone hates. That yeah. LeBron literally rips during the middle of a game. I, I don't know like, where the innovation was. They're like, hey, uh, my, my friend, my, my friend Steven, like, uh, he wants to have a jersey, right? And uh, But he's really, like, he's really big, you know, like, stocky. Like the kind of guy that has rolls on rolls, like you don't really want him wearing a jersey. Could we put like add sleeves? <laughs> what if we made basketball soccer? Yeah, it's just look. We have like all these all these shirts left over from Premier League, like blank jerseys. Now I got an idea. I think we can repurpose these and throw them in the NBA. <laughs> or they were just cutting costs. And they're like, let's just get our soccer designer in. He'll do the NBA ones. It'll be just as good. No one will notice. (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited about Nike. And the fact that we probably get to do this every year is something that's going to be really nice for the offseason. Not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, those two extra jerseys, like they, they basically have like the association and icon. Those are set. Like those are your those are your bread and butter. Then the mm-hmm. then the additional two jerseys, or if you're a lucky team that has a throwback jersey, you get three. So that's oh yeah, that's I mean this is nice. This is this is gives us something to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, I I kind of threw this in here at the last minute, but I did want to mention SI came out with their rankings. They have Rudy Gobert ranked as number fifteen in the NBA. What do you think? Is that too high? Too low? It's it's hard because I can, I I think it's about right. I think he's in the twelve to fifteen range, like he's an All NBA player and he's on the second team because you have to pick a center. Yeah. But I do think his his defense puts him up there. I do think Rudy is a superstar. I think if he's on any other team, he's put in that superstar category. Yeah. Um, I think it's weird for us to say he's a superstar because for 
the past three years, we've we've uh, stunned for Gordon Hayward. Yeah, as as you know the 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 captain of the team and the face of the franchise, and 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 it and it's always weird having a super. It's always weird having a defensive superstar. Mm-hmm. Because it's just they get criminally overlooked, and I mean, look at Kawhi Leonard for example. Um, Kawhi Leonard, when he was known more for his defense before he took the big leaps offensively, it was really hard for people to rate him as high as they did because they're like, oh, he's more of a defensive guy. And because, yeah. And so um, for us, I, I think we're going to see big leaps with with uh, with Rudy Gobert on the offense, just as his usage rate goes up and Mm -hmm. and he'll be seen as that superstar category uh but at the same time it he is he he deserves he deserves to be in top 15 he's a top 15 player where he ranks like 12 to 15 or 11 to 15 i think it's i I think it's hard you can easily interchange people who are in those in those categories because you're starting to get into where you're like okay where do I put LeBron James Paul George Kevin Durant Steph Curry James Harden uh, you, you know you're you, Paul George Draymond Green Rudy Gobert Westbrook. Russell Westbrook John Wall did you say Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard yeah Kawhi Leonard Le- and we having like LeBron James. Kyrie, like you're you're looking at all these uh, Gordon Hayward. You're looking at all these players, and you're like, okay, well, there's a lot of these guys that, depending on any night or your fit of your team, it, it it's going to change the way you you value them. Mm-hmm. And so, well, so I I I I think what is spectacular, like I know us Jazz fans, we really want to be like, this is really too low. You under you underrated my guy, uh, but. Man, can you believe that there are people who now see Rudy Gobert as in the top twenty of the league? Like, oh yeah, it's amazing. It really is, and this year might actually be Rudy's coming out party in terms of offense because he's going to have a playmaking point guard that's going to feed him, and and he's going like you said, his usage rate is going to go up. Rudy's going to have a monster year. You can kind of just feel it coming. And the nice thing about Rudy, too, that can help him get that superstar is he's just got this personality to match. He's got, he's just, he's hilarious on Twitter. He's fun to listen to. He, I mean, that's one thing Boston's going to find out is that Gordon Hayward has the personality of an NPC in World of Warcraft. Like, it's very much like, no, that's the crazy thing about, um, and I was thinking about this with the, with the Utah Jazz this year. Um, and, this is going to get into a little not not controversial, but so for example, last year before the season, um, and this was last year when the whole Kaepernick thing was going on, and 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 we were we were writing pieces and kind of wondering, oh, it, you know, what's going to, how's the Utah Jazz going to react? You know, are they very socially con- conscious or not? And and with with Gordon Hayward on the team. Um, he leans a little bit more, and, and not even uh, you shouldn't say conservative, but I just I just don't think he's the type of person that really wants to make waves when it comes to that. And and so I mean they locked arms together, and that and that's and that's great. Like it, 
no one's no one's no one when it comes to Colin Kaepernick anything is like we need to divide you know divide ourselves it, it, you know it's it's more about you know racial equality and and people you know bringing attention to issues that are that are that are um not getting getting attention my point is i look at this team now and you have Rudy Gobert who's been very vocal on on social issues and with uh with uh, tragedies basically wanting to know who to donate for when when the red cross is going on and he called out being like i don't want i don't want to donate to the red cross because in the past they they haven't given money directly to the thing you donated for uh and 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 he called it out and 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 that's the type of thing that's really cool to have with your your players on your team like they're very vocal and they're vocal mm-hmm. about social issues you have Thabo Cephalosha who was uh who was um basically um racially profiled and then they well, had got his whole, leg broken and he got his leg broken for it and he's been vocal about it Rudy Gobert's been vocal about it you have Donovan Mitchell who's said some things um over Charlottesville you have Ricky Rubio who is very big in in the charity scene um you have Ekbi Udo who is a very intellectual guy who runs his own book club you have Derek Favors, who also <laughs> talked who talked to uh, you know social issues. So all of a sudden, you have this team now that all all their pieces they're very vocal, but they're they're vocal in a way that's really good for their communities, really good for for um, the pl- places that they grew up at, uh, in, and they're fantastic young men. Like that's a, that's the amazing thing. Like they have people who are very. And, and, and whether you swing left or right, liberal, Republican, or whatever, and or whatever you swing in whatever country that that you are listening to us from, because I know we have have SLC dunkers who are from Europe and and Asia and 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 Australia and every every which way. So so however you you see that the fact that the Utah Jazz have really awesome players who are willing to call out bad when there's bad, willing to champion good and are willing to have their voice heard is really special. That's my point. Well, it, yeah, and it shows in an open locker room like at times there it wasn't allowed to be such an open locker room last season. Like Rudy Gobert called out certain players and you know, because we were on a six-game losing streak, and Rudy Ge- Rudy Gobert was uh, over it and wanted to say some of these guys are are playing for stats and not playing to win the game. And uh, I think this season we're going to have just a better culture in some ways. Like it's yeah. going to be, and the fact that he said that, and then people were like, "Wow, that's just you know, that's just real. That's some immaturity." And you're like, "What?" Like it's called leadership. Like the dude, the dude, and he's like, "Well, we don't put that out in the press." And you're like, "BS!" Like, let's listen to Carl Malone every like every fifteen games calling out his team. Listen to Jerry Sloan throwing every single player that had a name under the bus. Listen, to, like, like they, mm, yeah. And so I think this team, this team is willing to be vocal. They're willing to to. Uh, to to speak to each other, to critique each other, to work hard, and are going to push each other, literally push each other, because they're not worried about ruffling anybody's feathers. Yeah, because we don't have we don't have an entitled guy on there that's going to leave us in the end because we didn't make him happy every second of the day. And that and that's yeah. part of it too. Like whenever there's a a, a star who is on, in a contract year, 
all of a sudden it feels like everyone everyone's like butt puckers and yeah. and they're just like it's always kind of walking on eggshells and and that the comments of, of that Gobert said whether they're about Hayward or Hill they were in I think they were in the midst of like contract uh like trying to re-sign Hill during that time so probably didn't help them on that end but at the same time it's like hey if Hill doesn't want to be here during this like why why are we like why are we trying to hide the personalities of this team just to convince you know somebody to, to stay here so well and and Rudy proved to be prophetic and correct because I don't care what anyone tells me uh, George Hill didn't play in the Golden State Warriors series. He sat, and that was his choice, and and we all know why. So Rudy was right. So all the local media guys who we all know who they are and who he is, but saying that like that's immature and that's not right and blah blah blah. You know what? He was right, and certain people should come back and say, you know what? Sorry, Rudy, that I slandered you. Like you, Rudy was right. He showed true leadership. He's the He's the leader of the Jazz now. It is Rudy's team, and you have to toll. I'm getting mad. I'm getting mad. You toll the line with Rudy Gobert because he does not put take a playoff. He wants to win not just the game, every single possession, every single shot made. You see his passion and intensity. And when other players aren't doing that, he's not going to put up with it. It's his team. Yeah, I, I I remember when Rudy Gobert when he first got put in that starting lineup after. And his cancer had left, and he was barking at people, like not barking in his second year, like to be where they need to be on on defense and other things. He's never been one for quote unquote decorum of who's the most senior or whatever. He just wants to win, period. Oh yeah, he just he just wants to get things done. And that's well, the- and, and and speaking of people who want to get things done, that reminds me of Donovan Mitchell. Yes, Donovan Mitchell. Like the hype machine is at at a peak. Um, our own uh, Taylor uh, Taylor Griff, uh, he he wrote a piece where you know the legend of of Donovan Mitchell. Now, his piece was so hype it 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 got me who loves to be hype to pump 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 the brakes a little bit. But <laughs> I say put the gas down. Yeah, Just push on. I don't know. Like I do think he's I do think Donovan Mitchell is the truth though. I do think. He's he's legit going to be something special. The reason uh, the reason being is, I mean, just the way his summer league play was. He actually, if you go look at summer league records, um, for he actually has the most points per game, even though he only played a couple. Too bad he didn't play any more. But dropping thirty seven is is no small task. Um, I, I I honestly think there so. We talked about this on Twitter. We there's a there's a conversation going on between um, you, me, and Andy Bailey, and um, Andy Bailey of uh, where is he at now? Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. Yeah. Yeah. He, I swear, like he, he he travels, but so we were we were talking uh, we were going back and forth and saying you know what's the scenario with with Donovan Mitchell and i i do believe there's a scenario with Donovan Mitchell and Dante Exum that does force the Jazz's hand to possibly move Ricky Rubio and that's not to say Ricky Rubio's doing terrible that's to say the Jazz have have uh, the prospect of Dante Exum playing well and Donovan Mitchell 
the thing I truly do think there is a there is a scenario in which Donovan Mitchell plays so well he plays himself into the starting lineup, and that's not because Rodney Hood or Joe Ingles is not playing their best. It's just that Donovan Mitchell is just ready and ready to ball. Oh my goodness! Well, and there are rumors out there that Dante. I mean, he obviously looked amazing in Utah Jazz summer league, but there's just rumors out there that he's looking amazing in training camp that he's just put in a ton of work, looks great, is playing really well. I spent today posting clips from Dante. If you want to go watch something really fun, go rewatch the, I think it's game four against the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. Go watch the second quarter and try to contain your enthusiasm because the things he was showing in that second quarter were things he showed in summer league. And there, I mean, I, mean, I totally agree. I mean, we picked, we traded for Ricky Rubio to kind of tr- help convince Gordon Hayward to stay. And I have no doubts that that was kind of with caveats and even letting uh, Ricky Rubio know, like, hey, you know what? It, we didn't get uh, Gordon Hayward. We're, we think you're a great player that, might, that fits with this team. But you know what? There's also a chance you might get traded because in, in all reality, we've spent two or three years now waiting to give more time to Dante Exum who really does have the talent to be great. And he's finally showing it in Summer League. And now we've got this guy, Donovan Mitchell, who literally might be the steal of the draft. Uh, I mean, that was one. Th- so my next, uh, the Rudy Gobert videos I've done, I'm actually doing a new, uh, starting a new video series that will kind of go parallel with Rudy Gobert and the quest for Defensive Player of the Year, but it's called Backcourt Brawlers. And I'm kind of making a gamble here because it's about uh, Dante Exum and Donovan Mitchell. So they're the backcourt brawlers. But... Uh, I am, and that's what this first episode is kind of going to be about: is going over at Lonzo Ball because they didn't get to in summer league. If Donovan Mitchell got to play Lonzo Ball in summer league, that would have been the most fantastic thing. That was the only disappointing thing that in summer was, league is uh, yeah, that we didn't get to see so that. So hype! It's speaking oh of when when do they get to play them? When do they play? Like they play them, they play them in preseason. So we will get to see this. Oh, I didn't even think of that. If he goes in and just shuts Lonzo Ball down, I mean, I know Lonzo Ball is going to be a lot of fun, and he's one of his talents is kind of like pushing the ball up the court, which is a great talent, and that'll do some nice things for their transition. But in half court, he has a chance to just get eaten alive by yeah, Donovan. October tenth, so less than a month away, the Jazz will will face off against the Lakers in L.A., and at that point, that's the last game before the season. So you know that like Donovan Mitchell, Dante Exum, Tony Bradley, um, let's see here, uh, Burks is probably going to get a lot of run. Um, oh well, Donovan and, tweeted and then something. It's going to be Udo. It's, so it's going to be so it's going to be <laughs> Donovan. Udo show. Yeah. So it'll that will be fun. Yeah. Oh, and Donovan tweeted something today that was really fun. So someone got two K eighteen, which released today. I hope you guys are getting your two K eighteen on. It looks pretty fun. But someone posted like, "Hey, I played as Donovan Mitchell, got thirty six points." And Donovan uh, quote tweeted it and said, uh, "How many steals did I get?" Man, if if he if he averages two steals a game, uh, I'm gonna go crazy. You know he's going for those steals, and it's gonna be a uh, so. The other thing we kind of wanted to talk about is Ricky Rubio in Spain. Speaking of steals, I guess there's my transition. But like, I was watching. Um, so Ricky Rubio's been playing for Spain, been playing really well. I watched Ricky play against, um, I think it's Luka Doncic. 
I'm not quite sure how you say that. Donkic, Donchich. Uh, and, and he played pretty well. The first quarter, the thing that stuck out to me were two plays. Ricky Rubio jumped a passing lane, steals the ball, and goes in transition, and then creates an assist that uh, scores two points. We're going to see a lot of steals from Ricky Rubio this year. We're going to see a lot of steals from Donovan Mitchell. Dante is actually a great steals guy. Uh, Joe Ingles is a two steal. I mean, we forget how good at stealing the ball Joe Ingles is. Like, oh, yeah. you watch the Jazz, two steals a game, automatic from Joe Ingles. Every Joe Ingles is is like uh, it's like if you built a YMCA player in NBA 2K and just like jacked up all the stats. Yeah, he is the ultimate hustler because like, he just looks like like nobody. in all the stats that would just annoy annoy somebody. He's just like he has he has like you know like average speed, average look. Like he is literally like if there was like an NBA like if there was YMCA two K, like he would be the the default create a player. It's true. It's kind of like someone took a creative player, didn't upgrade any of the body, oh, yeah. but and, upgraded and like, all the skill. So yeah. it's like a hundred handles. Like skipped all over the steps. So it's just like, nah, I'm not going to customize it. I just, <laughs> just put it all in shooting and handle, and it'll like, work out. It's just whatever happens, happens. <laughs> but he, that's actually, that's what I'm calling him this year. He's the hustler. Because does anyone expect anything from him? And then he buries a three and helps you win the game. I don't know. Joe Ingles is forever the god of this team. My, in my all favorite of- thing um, when we do play when we do play the Mavericks, so um, the the uh, the editor at um, at at the Mavericks SB Nation blog, we have a good time with Joe Ingles um, puns back and forth. Usually every game, that's like <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Whenever we play the Mavericks, usually it starts about the third quarter once the Mavericks are getting blown out, but. But uh, good Joe Ingles puns are had. So Joe, there's just we could have a whole podcast just talking about Joe Ingles. But Joe Ingles himself is a reason to get Twitter and Instagram. Joe just Ingles. oh, I, we said it last year when we okay. So we had a pre uh, a preview to to the Utah Jazz season. They said who is the must follow Jazz account, and Namar you know instantly said Rudy Gobert. And which at the time, like he was, like he was still at the point where he was kind of underrated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it has to be Joe Ingles. Like Joe Ingles is actually really hilarious. He has oh. this, Joe Ingles has a really dry humor, and and dry humor plays out really well in the Twitter Twitter sphere. Oh, he comments on every post that a jazz player makes on Instagram. Oh yeah, every time. And it's funny every time. And it's guaranteed, like, he, he has, like, 99 percentile dad jokes. <laughs> they, they are. <laughs> but you know what? What's funny is when the other players, they go back at him. So, for example, like, Ricky Rubio's already a part of this team because he's already getting razzed by, by Joe Ingles because they had their little back and forth Oh, yeah, the back lights. and forth where he's just like, oh, that looks great. And, and Ricky Rubio's like, oh, it's big enough where I don't have to see you. <laughs> it's really Rubio good is, like like this whole team like if even if this is so this team might there's a possibility and we've talked about this before like the, the win loss uh variance on this team is really large because there's just a lot of ifs 
but this team is really likable and they, they, they have a really good vibe. It's true. We've got, we're in a good place as a team and especially in management coaching, we're in a good place. It's, you know, we have a superstar on our team. I like, I don't care what anyone says. I posted a video today. It's kind of like, like whenever someone bad mouths Rudy Gobert on Twitter and says something idiotic, like, I'd have Rudy Gobert at 30 or maybe 45. Then you don't know Rudy Gobert. You have not watched Rudy Gobert. You don't know what you're talking about. So, But, like, this team is going to be fun. We've got a superstar at, def- at on defense. We don't have a superstar on offense. We might in Donovan Mitchell eventually. Hopefully Rodney Hood can can kind of turn it on. But at, you're absolutely right. It's going to be a fun team to root for. Great guys, funny guys, good people kind uh just everything you'd want in a player in terms of personality and character just awesome so speaking of ricky rubio um that we were just talking about so ricky has been playing in Eurobasket. he's been looking fantastic um it came to an end their run came to an end they were knocked out by uh by utah jazz assistant coach led igor uh, (laughs) kakas Can I say one thing too, guys? I watched that game, and Ricky looked great in the first quarter. I think he just got wore out. Like he, like his shooting was on fire, but that last second half, Spain looked exhausted, and it's part of why they lost by twenty. So I don't know. And Luca, Luca is the truth. I like oh I goodness. was watching that game, and I was just like, you know what? I I'm okay with tanking. <laughs> We were tweeting about this. It's like, you know what? The Bulls have done everything terrible. They're going to be terrible this year, and they're going to get Donkic and be fine. And it just works I, out. I, yeah, I saw Donkic, and I was just like, mm, man. Like, I know we got, I know we just barely got tanking out of our system, but I mean, maybe just once, maybe just, just, just one more. Like, well, I, I will say, if the Jazz, it, watching Donkic, and especially because. Uh, Igor is going to come back and he's going to be like, guys, like I am, I am full Luca. <laughs> I'm loco for Luca. Like let's like, that's, and, and, and he, they're going to hear tons of things about Luca and you know, because they've been so close to that prospect and he's going to be somewhere in between one and four, depending on how the NCAA uh, basketball season goes. Um, they're going to be like, if things start to go the wrong way, say Rudy gets injured, like if Rudy gets injured, all of a sudden this team goes from like, Hey, we're going for six to eight seed to we're going full ham tank. Like all, everything must go like the, the Luca, Luca train is, is we're, we're going full Luca. And, and so because they'll have that inside knowledge. And, and 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 what I think was so crazy about Utah this year is it like last year, even though the Jazz got injured, there was never a point where like, hey, we're gonna pull the plug on this because it was like, full, we gotta have, we gotta fight for Hayward. But if Rudy Gobert w- w- was to get hurt and you have him signed for three more years after that, they would be like, you know what? It's it's like it's time to get our our Tim Duncan next to David Robinson. Well, thing. exactly, and and uh, right now the 
board, I think it's Board of Governors, is now discussing this proposal from Adam Silver to kind of alter the lottery. Uh, it's going to make it a little bit more possible for teams in like the four to twelve range to actually win the first pick, and it makes it less likely for the top three now to win it. They still have a higher percentage, but it's not as drastic. So let's say the Jazz play ten games; they look pretty good. They're kind of what we expect, like slightly above 500 type thing. And then Rudy Gobert goes down. God forbid, knock on wood, pray to the basketball gods it doesn't happen. But if it does, this team needs to trade Ricky Rubio. They need to go after that Nets pick if they can somehow and just die for Donkic somehow to get that guy and give Donovan and Dante the reins. Um, I actually have a feeling that Dante and Donovan are going to be good enough even if Rudy goes down, that we become pretty interesting. I, I actually right. feel like Dante's going to be really good. I, I, I think Dante's going to be really great. Like, at the end of that Golden State game, Summer League was the most impressive for me. We, we've talked about this a lot, but Summer League was impressive because Dante could get – I rewatched it the other, the other day. He could get anywhere he wanted on the court. That was what was impressive. If he wanted to be at the hoop, he could get to the hoop. If he wanted to beat somebody off the dribble, he could beat somebody off the dribble. At no point in time, and there were points last year where you could tell he didn't trust his speed, he didn't trust his handle, um, he didn't trust his knee, and and he has this crossover where he just it, like it it's so like so much space is covered when he crosses over. Oh, yeah. So if you watch the Golden State game, watch the second quarter, and you'll see that Dante comes up the court. He sees that Andre Iguodala is on him. Great, great defender. He waits for the big man to come who sets a pick, and he sees that Clay Thompson's on him. He does the thing in the Jazz offense where he backs up, and then he just crosses Clay over and blows by him and then dunks from half way past the key and it was just like this crazy moment rudy gobert's jumping up and down and waving his hands like it it like just talking about gives me chills and the thing that was like you said in summer league the thing that was really fantastic that dante showed is just the patience and like you said he trusted his handle and all of a sudden he has that patience and that trust and it opened it up. Yeah, like he could just do it. And he's and he will be a guy who has. Uh, he he's never going to be like a George Hill that doesn't have a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Um. But that's okay. And th- that's 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 completely okay because. It, it, and the way I feel about Dante Exum is a bit of how I feel felt about Andre Karolinko, where you just have to let the dude be, the dude who he is. Yeah. yeah. Like there's there's certain players who they don't have the talent to really <laughs> be whatever they want, like like Shelvin Mack. Yeah, you're not gonna be like, man, go just 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 be unapologetically you and go go get buckets. Like you're not gonna be like that. But there's guys like you know who like a James Harden for example, Andre Karolinko, um, even Joe Ingles to a point where you're just like you kind of just have to let them kind of be their quirky selves, and that's what pays off. In in the end is is that type of person. Um, one person that completely reminds me of that um, is actually Manu Ginobili. Uh, when Popovich would talk about him and said, "Yeah, I just kind of had to let him be him," like yeah. he, he would make me pull my hair out. But then because he he he's in his own own type of frame frame of mind, he does things that I could never draw up. 
That's the thing is, and I know it drives Quinn crazy a little bit because Dante either doesn't understand it at times, uh, what he's supposed to do in an offense, but there's sometimes where Dante just flat out creates a bucket because of his insane speed, length, and size. I mean, that's what he did against Golden State. Like the Jazz kind of looked dead in the water, and Dante said, "Well, I'm going to get mine at least." Yeah, and then it, all it, of a sudden, that, they go on a 14-0 run. That felt that felt like with Dante Exum. That felt like a like him exercising his demons in that game. Yeah, like, it really it, was. Because can we just say something about Quinn? Like I love Quinn, but he dirty dogged Dante, and I don't know why. Maybe Gordon Hayward didn't like him. Uh, I don't know why, but Dante showed in that game, like you chose something else other than this. This was like when, like, you know, the girl dumps the guy, uh, cause he just got too used to what she was. And then he goes and gets with some girl that you're like, really? And then she comes out in that red dress and just looks stunning. And yeah. it's like, you chose that over this. Yeah, and I hope it, Quinn took him. I hope Quinn took note, pun intended. I, I think, uh, I think every coach, gets gets the blinders with a certain player and oh, yeah. and, 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 and uh, even good coaches like Jerry Sloan did that with Darren Williams for his first year for no for no good reason Keith McLeod anybody so <laughs> so it it happens like it, like stuff like that happens but uh, and and I think Quinn Snyder got that with with Shelvin Mack and Dante Exum and I think because he wants he, he really val when you play at a slow pace, and and this is kind of the thing. If the Jazz speed up the pace, I don't think Quinn has this problem anymore. But when you play at a slow pace, and then you have turnovers, it's almost like those turnovers mean even more than a possession because they're they're playing at s- such a slow pace. You don't have the chance to make those up. If the Jazz speed that up, all of a sudden those turnovers don't mean as much because you can quickly get that back, and especially when they have such a good defensive prowess. You could you you really could get that position back really quick, and and yeah he he did like I, I there's no reason there was no reason last year that Shelvin Mack should have played minutes over over Dante Exum and it seemed like in February and March um at late in late January it, it it seemed like yeah this needs to happen and then all of a sudden back in then April happened well actually April they kind of tightened the tightened the the lineup and Shelvin Mack nor Dante Exum was getting minutes and they were kind of just like going exclusively wing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Dante Exum, that game just looked like this is the last game of the season. We're getting blown out. It doesn't matter anyway. And he just went. And that, that was the thing. That was how he should have been. And, and to Quinn's credit, that's how that was the type of recklessness that Dante Exum should have been playing with a lot of time, the aggression getting to the line, just just being the man. And that looked like the guy from the highlights that you saw back in Australia and at that at that Nike game and in Summer League before he, he tore up his tore up his knee playing with the Australian team. Yeah, it's it's it just shows some signs that this guy really has what it takes to do some great things. If he can just be allowed and that's I th- I think you hit on something really important there, is like if we're going to play completely in the half-court offense, but then have young players like Dante and Donovan get a lot of minutes, uh, you're, it's, I hope we're not setting up our players to fail. Uh, but if we, like, like last season, we were one of the lowest teams in the league in terms of turnovers. 
There is no excuse for that this year with this team, with the amount of defensive uh like the just the talent of this team is to turn the ball over and score and transition. Yeah. Like if we have too much like last season, if there's one thing we can change from this year, if if we're too dependent on technical proficiency in the half court, that that's not gonna work with Ricky Rubio. He's just not a no. good enough shooter. And 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 that half court offense was really built for for Gordon Hayward. Um that proficiency, that technicality, trying to beat them cerebrally. And and it worked really really well. And it yeah, played we had a decent strengths. offense. Yeah, we had a really yeah we had a good offense. But now I I I I would be blown away if the Utah Jazz's offense isn't sped up a lot because what they're saying about Ricky Rubio how they want to turn him into a Jason Kidd. Well, you're going to have to speed up that offense. You're going to play with pace, and you're and Ricky is best in the open court, and you do not get the open court by slowing it down and and and, and then passing it to the wing and going into motion like no, it's just yeah he he wants to get he wants to get into the offense and he just and and you might not even get into your offense you might be going playing straight in in that half court and Ricky is going to love players like Donovan Mitchell and Dante Exum and actually I haven't even thought about this before but Alec Burks like he might have had a find have found a guy who who lo- is is willing to be as crazy as him in in the open court. So Oh yeah. So controlled chaos. That's what we need a little yeah, bit on gonna, offense. Yeah, it's going to be definitely speedy and Rudy Gobert runs like a gazelle in the open court anyway and gets down court. And if and 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 it's going to bring a lot of trailer opportunities and Ricky's going to find that. Like if they oh, speed yeah. everything up and everyone's kind of in like tr- like lost trying to get their guy and you have you have Rudy Gobert running trailer just to the hoop. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be a thing of art. Well, and there was there was one play that Ricky Rubio did um, against. Oh, why can't I remember who Donkic plays for? I guess Donkic and Goran Dragic. I can't remember. It's Lat. It's not Latvia. It, it's I don't know. But uh, there was one play that Ricky Rubio ran. It was just a simple pick and roll. Uh, the big man sets the pick like Is you would with Slovenia? pick and roll. Slovenia. There you go. Uh, Ricky Rubio goes the pick and roll and instead of passing it to the big man he finds an open corner three and the guy misses it but like that play right there is going to happen 20 30 times and we're going to be absolutely fine because if that corner three shooter is joe ingles or rodney hood we're going to score a lot of points and i just i hope the jazz really simplify in some ways like you said speed it up like get that if it's transition we Go to the basket because good things happen when you do. And I just, I just really hope we don't get so mechanical like we were last year. Yeah. We had so many possessions last year where it was like it could have been a fast break, but they kind of pull up and then just set up the offense. And then it's just like, no, guys, the uh, the shot you're going to get out of this is probably not going to be better than if you just went to the hoop. Like, yeah, I would be surprised. I'd, uh, there's a few reasons why I'd be surprised if we we slow it down. A Quinn Snyder, the teams that he coached in, uh, when he was with Atlanta, they played with at a very high pace. The other mm-hmm. thing that um, that I would be surprised about is um, Igor Kokoskov. 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 Good enough. Good enough. Igor. Just Igor. Igor, the myth, the man, the legend. The, his 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 uh, his civilian team they play with insane pace like they've been scoring like 103 102 and 
and so they they play with with a pretty quick pace and and he's been playing that with with Drogic who is you know similar to how Ricky Rubio likes to get out and just just move and so um and 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 here's the other thing Igor was one of one of the offensive masterminds that was part of the Phoenix Suns seven seconds or less teams. Oh, I didn't know he was part of that. Yeah, he was an assistant coach in the mid two thousands with them. He's a really he's a nice gem. Yes, he, he is. So I would be really surprised. Like this year, I would be really surprised if they like. You just gotta look at the personnel. Like with George Hill and Gordon Hayward, they're kind of you know that's that would that fits for them. Um, now with with uh, now with Ricky uh, Ricky Rubio, and now you have Rodney Hood taking the place, and you have like uh, the summer league sh- showed Dante Exum and Donovan Mitchell's controlled chaos, where they were just disrupting passing lanes and. And just highlight real plays. Yes, is awesome, beautiful. So yeah, I th- Utah Jazz. I think they're still going to have their defensive de- defensive play. I don't think you're going to see low scoring games. I still think you'll see the defensive rating staying as one of the best in the league. But I do think you're going to see higher scoring games with the Utah Jazz, and you're gonna, it's going to be more exciting. So that's going to be be a key. So on that note, we'll leave you guys. It's been a pleasure with you guys tonight. Please catch us at slcdunk.com. Uh, check out our podcast. So uh, hit up uh, the good old SoundCloud and also hit up iTunes. Subscribe to us. Check us out. Give us a review, guys. Don't yeah. make me back. Yeah, give us a review. You know, just if you just want to be like, hey, they have annoying voices. Hey, that's a review. Just give us five stars when you do. And then uh, check us out. Um, I'm my underscore low on Twitter and this and Hanson James on Twitter. And then also uh, check out SLC dunk on Twitter and Facebook just as SLC dunk. Just check us out and check out our content and then check out our Instagram. We have an Instagram. Taylor Griff, uh, Griffin does great work with it. Has those awesome, awesome photoshops that he puts up. And as we get closer to the season, you're going to see even more stuff coming up there. So we have oh, great- guys. And one other thing, we're going to be on the national SB nation pod pretty soon. Yeah. So uh, go lo- go uh, subscribe to I think it's called Limited Upside. I think yep. it's called. Hit up the Limited Upside uh, podcast, and we'll be hitting that, and we'll be sure to share that on the SLC Dunk uh, on the SLC Dunk Facebook and Twitter, and then also the main SLC Dunk page. So so be sure to check that out. You guys have a great week. We're so close to the NBA season. NBA 2K is out. Season's just around the corner. Training camp's about to get here. Oh, by the way, one last thing. Thank you so much for everyone's contributions to Muscle Watch, for our Muscle Watch competition. We've had over $2,000 worth of, uh, of, of uh, basically pool money. That 30% of that is going to be going to J.P. Gibson's family. They're so appreciative. They, uh, they thank you guys so much. And we thank you so much for making this just a really big success on our, on our very first go. We hope all of you are losing great weight. I've dropped a couple pounds. Hanson James here has dropped a couple pounds. I'm, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Um, and because uh, I know and, and I want to thank all of you who are actually, if you do win, you're putting your winnings to charity. That's so awesome. I'm doing the same. Um, so uh, 
keep it up. Keep going out there. And uh, you guys have a great week. Awesome. Talk to you later. Bye.